Welcome to the Doc Washburn Show, the show that talks about what you actually care about. Minutes after each live stream is completed, no matter when we do it, the Doc Washburn Show podcast is available for download at all your favorite podcast platforms. The Doc Washburn Show is on Twitter and Facebook, and you can email us at contact docwashburnshow.com. This is episode 112 of the all-new Doc Washburn Show. It's Sunday, March 20th, 2022. Are the same people who lied to us about the China virus the last two years now lying to us about Ukraine? Details on today's episode of the Doc Washburn Show coming up. But first, yes, I was fired by one of the biggest radio companies in America, Cumulus Media, simply because I refused their vaccine mandate. Yes, it's obvious. The last U.S. presidential election was stolen. No, my old employer wouldn't allow me to say that on the radio. And yes, there's all kinds of evidence out there. A lot of people are having serious negative reactions to the vaccines. And yes, we must keep the January 6th political prisoners in our prayers. So this is a really different kind of talk show. We're unmasked, uncensored, and unfiltered. If you'd like to support what we do, go to our website, docwashburnshow.com, and click on the button that says, Become a Patron. Now, I'm the only conservative running for the Republican nomination for governor in Arkansas. If you'd like to support our gubernatorial campaign, go to electdocwashburn.com. You can donate there online. All right there. Now, let me mention a couple of things. Um, Friday, we had a wonderful response, first a wonderful uh Radio interview at KLAK in Jonesboro, then wonderful response from the uh, Tea Party folks in uh, Jonesboro who put together, uh, with almost no notice, a meet and greet for us. But a friend of mine had told me that the day before that, Sarah Huckabee Sanders and her husband did a photo op in front of the um, Edwards Food Giant Family Center in Harrisburg, Arkansas. It's only about 20 miles away from Jonesboro. And one of our friends had gone into the grocery store later and asked the cashiers, did Sarah come in and, and, and talk to you, y'all? And they said, no, she would just took her picture out front, never came in. And so somebody suggested that I might want to go over there and actually go in and talk to folks. So we did that. Uh, my trusty videographer, Jeremiah Stark, and I went and we did some uh, Facebook Live stuff. First Facebook Live I had done. I think since I was on the radio last fall, did some Facebook Live stuff out front, had my picture taken in front of the guns and ammo sign way out at the street, like uh, probably 100 yards away from the uh, the actual store. And what occurred to Jeremiah and me was that to take the picture that Sarah had taken with her and her husband in front of the guns and ammo sign with the bus in the background, this huge bus they travel in had to block the only way in and out of the parking lot for the grocery store for however long the, uh, the photo op took. So anyway, we didn't, we don't have a huge bus. Uh, we didn't block anything, but we did go in inside and introduce ourselves to folks and say, Hey, you know, I'm doc Washburn running for Republican nomination for governor. Nice to meet you guys. Unlike Sarah, who was here yesterday, I'm actually coming inside and shaking hands and uh, 
uh, spoke with the uh, the manager on duty and several of the uh, uh, the cashiers, and they couldn't have been nicer. So that was really neat. A friend of mine also mentioned, hey, look, on the way back to Little Rock from the Jonesboro area, you got to stop in the Bulldog Cafe in Bald Knob. Uh, you can uh, talk to some folks there about voting for you for the Republican nomination for governor. Uh, and also have a really good dinner. And, buddy, I tell you what, that barbecue, pulled pork, baked beans, coleslaw, oh, my goodness. Now, I ain't going to lie, fam, was off the chain. And we did talk to a number of the folks in there, and, and I went around introducing myself while we were waiting for dinner to be served to our table. And then some of the folks, when they uh, when they finished eating, they came over and said, look, I, I don't want to bother you, interrupt you while you're eating dinner, but I had a couple of questions. No, have a seat. No no, no bother at all. The por- the, <laughs> the barbecue's not going anywhere. You know, answering your questions is more important. So we're getting out there all over the state. Instead of doing photo ops, we're actually listening to the people that Sarah Huckabee Sanders is trying to avoid. It looks like about 90%, you know, people say, well, she's got about $13 million. How are you going to deal with that? All that means is she has money for commercials. It doesn't mean she has a message that is um, in any way uh, connecting with people in Arkansas. So it's interesting. She is avoiding people left and right, and I'm going all over the state trying to meet as many Arkansans as I can. You know, I have a message that resonates with people. I've been told by plenty of folks, we were supporting Sarah. We've never heard of you, didn't know she had a challenger, and now we're going to support you. Because my message resonates with voters in Arkansas, and she doesn't have a message. So that's fine. And she says on her Facebook page on a regular basis, when I'm governor. A lot of people are going, well, that's kind of arrogant, isn't it? I try not to say... When I'm governor, I'll do this, that, or the other thing. I try to say, if you elect me governor, if by the grace of God, I'm elected governor. So that would be another differentiation. Oh, plus the fact that it looks like about 90% of her donations are either from PACs or folks outside Arkansas. Almost all of my donations are from folks inside Arkansas. My mother in Panama City, Florida sent me a donation, but I don't think I've gotten anything else from anybody outside Arkansas and certainly uh, no corporate interests. So for what that's worth. So coming up, coming up, I hope you guys can join us. We've got a lot of stuff coming up here this, this upcoming week. Open up the calendar and tell you what we're going to be doing. Republican Party Founders Day event in Conway. And that's going to be at um, the Pines event venue in Conway. That's at 4.30 Saturday afternoon, the 26th. Thinking about going to the West End 3rd Street Fair in Fort Smith around noon. Saturday, March 26th, just because I haven't been actually invited to do anything 
before the 4.30 event in Conway. So if uh, you guys think of something, let me know. Buddy of mine, Dr. J.R. Crabtree, Arkansas Upper Cervical Center, the guy who adjusts my atlas and keeps me keeps me well, my good friend, the doctor, said, you know, you really ought to go to KJ's Restaurant Judsonia on a Friday when they have the catfish. And so I'm planning on being there at 10.30. It's only about four miles away from uh, from his office in Searcy. Thursday evening, conservative constitutional patriots going to be meeting at 6 p.m. Thursday evening, uh, March 24th at the Wood Grill Buffet on Congo Road in Benton. I've eaten there before, and it's really good. Concerned Women for America going to be meeting at 11.30 a.m. on Thursday, Pleasant Valley Country Club, Little Rock. Look forward to that. Uh, we have a um, got a secret mission. Something we're going to be doing Wednesday. I can't really talk about it right now. Thursday evening, Benton County Republican Party has invited me to speak. I'll be at the New Hope Assembly of God, Rogers, Arkansas, where the Benton County Republican Party is meeting Thursday evening, 6.30. 3 o'clock Thursday after, uh, pardon me, that's Tuesday, Tuesday, Tuesday. I hope I didn't say Thursday. I'll be meeting with Benton County Republican Party Tuesday evening at 6.30. Uh, that afternoon, uh, be at 3 o'clock, we'll be doing an interview with Conduit News. They're great folks. Looking forward to that. Tomorrow night, Monday night, 6 o'clock, Washita County Republican Committee meeting, Camden Event Center in Camden, Arkansas. Appreciate them getting that in the paper for me in Camden. That's pretty cool. And at 11 a.m. Monday, tomorrow, I'll be interviewing Mr. Conrad Reynolds, Colonel Conrad Reynolds, our next U.S. representative from the 2nd District of Arkansas, the guy who's going to beat French Hill in the primary. Colonel Conrad Reynolds, actual conservative. French Hill, actual rhino. So that'll be good. So question is, the question is, are we being lied to about Ukraine by the same people who lied to us for over two years about the China virus? Let me um, let me go to what um, U.S. Representative Marjorie Taylor Greene, a great patriot out of Northwest Georgia, is saying today out there on Twitter. She says, I do not support Putin and his murderous war in Ukraine. I do not support Zelensky and Nazi militias in his corrupt country. I do not support neocons, neolibs, or the uniparty foreign policies that have spent trillions in senseless foreign wars. I support the American people only and call for all of this to end. God bless her. God bless her. Now, she links to a horrifying thread that I have seen out of Ukraine. Hundreds of civilians have been punished for diverse reasons in Ukraine by paramilitary groups and National Guard. Very strong footage, tortures, abuses, humiliation, not just of adults, but even of kids and girls. 
in Ukraine. See, they got this Azov militia over there, which is apparently neo-Nazi, and we're giving military to them. Just like we've done in Syria in years past to uh, what John McCain called moderate Islamic jihad groups. Anyway, in response to all these videos of Ukrainian citizens being tortured, abused, humiliated by other Ukrainians. U.S. Representative Marjorie Taylor Greene says, graphic warning, torture and abuse of Ukrainian people, including women and children. She says, I'm strongly opposed to Putin's invasion and Russia's war in Ukraine, and I'm strongly opposed to this. The U.S. must demand Zelensky stop his military from torturing his own people. She says, we should not spend billions of Americans' hard-earned tax dollars on lethal aid to be given to possible Nazi militias that are torturing innocent people, especially children and women. It's not pro-Putin to be against this. It's pro-torture and evil to stay silent and or censor it. See, you're not going to... You're not going to see any of this on CNN. You're not going to see any of this on NBC or MSNBC. Unfortunately, hate to say it, you're also not going to see any of it on Fox News. Nope. Those days are gone. Fox News is all in. All in on the propaganda for this Zelensky guy, this dictator. We realize Putin's a dictator, but do you realize Zelensky is also a dictator? Ukrainian President Vladimir Zelensky bans 11 opposition parties. Despite the crackdown of political opposition, the Ukrainian leader did not ban any parties with links to neo-Nazis, including the ethno-nationalist Svoboda and the neo-fascist group Right Sector. How about that? Will Fox News even report on that? I'd be surprised. I'd be surprised. I'm running for governor of Arkansas. It would be wonderful. Wonderful. To get some uh, FaceTime of Fox News. That's great. Let people know I'm out here. But I'm not going to go along to get along. Know what I'm saying? I'm going to continue speaking truth to power, and trying to hold the powerful accountable. And that includes Fox News. So if that keeps me off Fox News, oh well. I'm not worried about it. Running for governor was not my idea anyway. 
this is something we believe that the Lord wants us to do. And if he blesses us by allowing us to be elected, then we're going to try to do everything we can to bring freedom and liberty to the state of Arkansas and to protect people who have been abused by the state government and the federal government in the state of Arkansas. And there has been so much of that going on. Don't get me started on the division of environmental quality and what they've done to farmers. Don't get me started on division of children, family services, and how they've destroyed, ruined families, parents, children. There's a lot going on. The the abuse in the nursing homes. How our veterans are not being taken care of. It's got to stop. I haven't heard Sarah say anything about anything. You know? So... Anyway, that having been said, I just had to uh, had to kind of get that off my chest. I'm seeing interesting comments on the Podbean app. One of our friends said, after daily education of these things, it's scary how much I didn't know. Well, Terry, um, you're more like a normal person. You have a life. Whereas, on the other hand, I'm researching this stuff 24-7. And I just, uh, I just don't want you guys to ever say, "Well, gee, I wish you told us about that. Why, uh, why didn't you warn us?" Now, the great uh, Dennis Michael Lynch over dennismichaellynch dot com has a link to Jen Sna- Jen Saki snapping at a reporter for questioning Biden's conflict of interest in his son's dealings with Ukraine. Now, I don't know if this is going to sound good playing it back, because the sound is kind of weird. It's kind of odd. But I hope I hope you can understand it. Let's see. Jen Psaki gets testy about Ukraine and Biden's conflict of interest. Here we go. I got a quick clarification and two questions about presidential conflicts of interest in foreign affairs. Uh, the first brief clarification is uh, the New York Times reported this week that the first son remains under criminal investigation. Does the president still intend to stay out of that case? Yes, it's the Department of Justice, and I'll point you to them. And uh, my two questions about conflicts of interest in foreign affairs. First, I have a question about Russia and then one about China. Um, on Russia, uh, you told me last year that you were unfamiliar with the Senate report that alleged that the first son or a company linked to the first son received $3.5 million from the richest woman in Russia. A subsequent reporting indicates that President Biden, when he was vice president, had a dinner in Georgetown with the same woman in 2015. Um, this uh, Yelena Valerina, she has not been sanctioned yet by the U.S. government. How is President Biden navigating conflicts of interest when it comes to uh, sanctioning people who have done business with his family? And can you explain to us what this $3.5 million was for? I don't have any confirmation of the accuracy of that report, so I have no more further details. About the conflicts of interest, though, how he's navigating those when deciding sanctions. What would be his conflicts of interest? Uh, well, his son's company allegedly got $3.5 which I have no confirmation of, and he's continued to sanction oligarchs more than we've ever sanctioned in the past. So I'm not sure that's a conflict of interest. Go ahead. Thank you. Go ahead. She's trying to 
calling somebody else instead of letting this guy ask his follow-up question about conflicts of interest with China now that Hunter's laptop has once again been confirmed to be Hunter's laptop. I think we're moving on because we got to get some more people. Go ahead. My, my, question, my question about the conflict of interest when it comes to China is last year the First Son's attorney said that he divested from a Chinese investment fund controlled by Chinese state-owned entities. Uh, we have received not even basic transparency about who bought out his stake, when this happened, and how much money changed hands. Did he actually divest? And if so, can you agree He's to this? a private citizen. He doesn't work for the government. I'd point you to his representatives. Thank you. I president. think we're done here. Thank you very much. Go ahead. He's a private citizen. He doesn't work for the government. But guess what? That's one of Dementia Joe's favorite things to say. But guess what? His dad is not a private citizen. His dad works for the government. And his dad is thoroughly implicated in this. And she knows it. But she's Jen Psaki, White House press secretary. She gets paid to lie. So, um. I looked. I couldn't figure out who the reporter was. But that was pretty cool. That was pretty cool. Who remembers when Joe Biden said this back in about, what was it, 2014 when he was still vice president? I went over, I guess, the 12th, 13th time to Kiev, and uh, and I was going, supposed to announce that there was another billion-dollar loan guarantee. And I had gotten a commitment from Poroshenko and from uh, Yatsenyuk that they would take action against the state prosecutor, and they didn't. So they said they had they were walking out to press conference. I said, no, nah. I said, I'm not going to we're not going to give you the billion dollars. They said, you have no authority. You're not the president. The president said, I said, call him. I said, I'm telling you, you're not getting the billion dollars. I said, you're not getting the billion. I'm going to be leaving here. I think it was, what, six hours. I looked, I said, I'm leaving in six hours. If the prosecutor's not fired, you're not getting the money. Oh, son of a <laughs> Got fired. And they put in place someone who was solid. Anybody remember that? That was shortly after, shortly after his son was getting in trouble for corruption over there. The company his son worked for, Burisma. But Jen Psaki doesn't know anything about any conflict of interest. Imagine that. Imagine that. I've got more. I've got more because it's my duty to um, try to keep you up with what's going on, you know? A friend of mine on Podbean app said, I'm so proud of you, Doc, for coming out boldly and solidly in your campaign and platform. Honesty, truth, and the chutzpah to speak it and back it up without backing down makes it incredibly easy to back you, and I thank the Lord for using you and your willingness to let him. Well, I appreciate your kind words. You know, I, uh, like all of us, I'm a sinner saved by grace, and I'm just thankful, thankful that the Lord is allowing me to have this platform on this podcast and is allowing me to run for governor. And 
Everybody on my campaign is firmly persuaded that if we get my message out to enough people, we will defeat Sarah Huckabee Sanders in the uh, in the primary. There's no question about it. I have a message that resonates with people. She doesn't have a message. She's running a general election campaign. She's not even paying attention to the primary. And that's fine. That's fine. It's free country. She can do what she wants to do. Anyway, we're also so thankful and blessed that we have advertisers to make it possible for us to do what we do here five days a week. I'd like to mention a couple of them to you. If you tried to buy a car recently, you realize there's such a chip shortage, you may have a hard time finding what you're looking for. Now, people I know have actually bought vehicles from hundreds of miles away from where they live. That's where Red River Your Way comes in. RedRiverYourWay.com is a big old car dealership in the middle of the USA that believes in freedom, including the freedom to buy a car, truck, van, or SUV the way you want to. You can buy online, and they'll drive it to you no matter where you are. Red River Your Way wants to make your car buying experience as easy and transparent as possible. That's why they've added technology to their website that puts you in complete control of your payment options and allows you to complete the entire purchase process online. But don't worry, Red River experts are still here to help you every step of the way if you have any questions. Red River makes it so easy. As you browse their selection, you'll see each vehicle has a button on it entitled Explore Payment Options. Clicking that button guides you through a few easy questions that then create personalized payment options you have complete control over. All you have to do is adjust your preferences and all the math happens automatically so you can figure out what monthly payment works best for your budget. Red River Your Way makes car buying online easy. Your whole car buying process is completely transparent. If you want to buy a car, truck, van, or SUV, order online from the nationwide car dealer that believes in freedom, the dealer that will deliver your vehicle to your front door. No matter where you live, redriveryourway.com, you will be glad you did. All right, now, let me tell you how to save some serious money on your health insurance. Website called myfamilyhealthplan.com. Now, Are you like most Americans? Did Obamacare, the so-called Affordable Care Act, make your health care more expensive? Does your health insurance premium feel like a second mortgage? Does your sky-high deductible prevent you from going to the doctor? Do your sky-high co-pays keep you from going to the doctor? If you answered yes to any of these questions, there's a website you need to go to. It's called MyFamilyHealthPlan.com. When you click on MyFamilyHealthPlan.com, these big, bold letters come up. Affordable plans. Save 30 to 50% on premiums, personalized health coverage, low to no deductible, no co-pays, and then that beautiful red button, schedule call now. You click on that red button, it allows you to book a free consultation with my friend Art Wilborn, who will make sure there are no gaps in your coverage. How about that? MyFamilyHealthPlan.com, affordable plans, save 30 to 50% on premiums, personalized health coverage. And by the way, Art, make sure in your personalized health coverage you have a plan that doesn't force you to cover horrible things like abortion that would uh, violate your deeply held religious beliefs. 
low to no deductible, no co-pays. Click the red button, schedule call now. Book a free consultation with Art Wilborn. He'll make sure there are no gaps in your coverage. Save money on your insurance at myfamilyhealthplan.com. You'll be glad you did. All right, now, there's independent journalists that I follow a lot over at Substack on Twitter, and here's what he's saying today about Ukraine. He says, Ukraine's most capable fighting force is a group of literal Nazis, which wear that designation proudly. They have waged a war of ethnic cleansing in disputed regions for the last eight years. Now, many Americans believe we have a dog in this fight because of shameless propagandists in our media. Our government has knowingly assisted this fighting force for too long, and instead of a desperately needed time of self-reflection, all they do is double down. Endless justification about so-called lesser evils. These people are literal Nazis. The uniparty foreign policy of hyper-expansion of NATO, coupled with arming and aiding extremists abroad, created this mess. U.S. government needs to get out of the foreign meddling and regime change business and focus on the home front. Don't get the bad man abroad. Help the American man at home. Why do many feel the need to justify the neo-fascism? It's bizarre. No, we don't have a Nazi battalion in our, in our military. For your information, it's not just the more notable Azov, the Azov Brigade, the neo-Nazis in Ukraine. There are several neo-fascist militias, all recognized by Ukraine's government as official forces of the police and military with hundreds of thousands of active members. So, we, spend, we send uh, $14 billion of our tax dollars to Ukraine. I wonder how much of that money is going to be laundered. You know what I'm saying, Holmes? I mean, I wonder. I wonder how much of that's going to be squandered as Ukrainian dictator Zelensky um, mimics Putin, does the same thing Putin does, shuts down all the um, opposition. Wow, man. Just wow. All right, let's uh, let's take a look at this now. Roger Kimball over at American Greatness, amgreatness.com, editor and publisher of the New Criterion, president and publisher of Encounter Books. He's got a an interesting op-ed at amgreatness.com that dropped last night. It's entitled, Biden's Handlers Are Preparing to Eject Him and Kamala. Really? Really? He says, I sense a disturbance in the force. In fact, I've been feeling the tremors for a while. Back in January, I wrote a column for American Greatness called The Coming Dethronement of Joe Biden. 
In it, I noted that Biden's appalling performance as president would sooner or later, and probably sooner, give the ostentatious nature of his multifaceted failure lead to his removal as president. He says, I should have added that it wasn't Biden's performance per se that would lead to his downfall. The problem, rather, was the way his performance was undermining his, and therefore his minders and puppet masters, political power. As Saul Alinsky, community organizer to the stars, noted, the issue is never the issue. Accordingly, the people who put Joe Biden in power, I cannot name them, but I know they are the same people who keep him in power. They don't care about inflation. They don't care about rising gas and food prices, COVID lockdowns or mass mandates. Hang on just a second. Mom's calling. Um, hey, Mom, I'm doing a podcast. Uh, can I call you back a little bit? Of course. Bye. Love you. Bye-bye. Yeah, the people who pull Biden's strings, they don't care about the porousness of our southern border, the threat of war with Russia, or the myriad other issues that worry ordinary voters. I'm quite certain, in fact, that the word voters brings a vaguely contemptuous smile to their faces. They're not troubled by the suffering of the people. Indeed, they approve of a certain amount of suffering. Suffering produces dependency, and dependency in turn is like an insurance policy for those who cater to it the bureaucrats who fill the troughs that feed the populace. The point, of course, was never to end the dependency, but to manage in such a way as to perpetuate and expand it. Joe Biden is an errand boy, a figurehead in the metabolism of this great, not to say great society, but in this great act of political leisure domain. Back in January, I compared the conundrum that Joe Biden presented to the committee that keeps him in power with the conundrum that Richard Nixon presented to the elites of his day. Nixon was hated by all the beautiful people of his day. But before he could be disposed of, the elites had to address the problem of Spiro Agnew, his vice president, who in his own way was nearly as preposterous as Kamala Harris is all these years later. Fortunately for the anti-Nixon forces, Agnew was also corrupt in a pedestrian, easy-to-demonstrate sort of way. So all that the forces of light and virtue had to do was produce evidence of his glomming on to paper bags full of pelf in exchange for favors rendered in presto Agnew's history. Now, Kamala Harris is more of a problem. She is at least as appallingly incompetent as her boss, and no less challenged rhetorically, as her alarming performance in Poland and Romania a week or two back demonstrated. But Harris will not be as easy to shift as was Agnew. I've heard nothing about actual bribery and uh, her indiscretions with Willie Brown back in the day may be in dubious taste, but it's not actionable. But Biden's and Harris's Polls continue to crater with 60% of respondents disapproving of the job Joe Biden is doing. Oh, my. That's serious. And 50% strongly disapproving. It's the worst showing yet. And many commentators are rubbing salt into the wound by stressing the adverb... (laughs) 
We've been traveling down this road for months, they say, and so far every worst yet turns out to be tomorrow's hold my beer moment. Now, the last several days have been full of wonder at the New York Times admission that, guess what, Hunter Biden's laptop from hell was not, as Joe Biden claimed, Russian disinformation. Nope. Everything that Donald Trump said to Leslie Stahl about it was true. Everything the New York Post said about it was true. Twitter and the rest of the regime media pronounced a damnatio memore on the New York Post and anyone who dared publicize the scurrilous story. The poor computer repair chap who found and publicized the dirt, political as well as sexual, on Hunter's laptop was hounded and driven into bankruptcy. Remember Jonah Goldberg? What he said on that poor fellow, I do. Quote, wait, you believe the computer repair shop story? Like at face value, unquote? The truth was there staring everyone in the face. Remember Tony Bobolinsky? He's the former Navy officer and businessman who was set to start a financial company with Hunter and Joe Biden, Joe's brother. As I noted at the time, just before the 2020 election, Bobolinsky demonstrated with copious contemporary documentation that various Chinese entities, all of whom, like all things Chinese, are ultimately answerable to the party, have invested heavily in the Bidens via various business enterprises of Joe's son, Hunter. We're talking about tens of millions of dollars. Now, why would the Chinese do this? Out of some misplaced humanitarian instinct? No. They did it in order to capitalize on the Biden name. At the time, remember, Joe was vice president of the United States. That was all that Hunter had to offer, but it was the Chinese wagered quite a lot. Many thought that Joe Biden might someday be president, and it turns out they were right. It was, in short, influence peddling of the grossest and most spectacular kind. As I said then, when influence is peddled, obligations are incurred. When obligations are incurred, favors can be expected. When the favors are owed directly or indirectly to the Chinese Communist Party, you want to be sure that the people in debt are not, you know, presiding over the government of the United States of America. All that information about Bobolinsky came from an interview with Tucker Carlson on Fox News. It's about the only place you could find Bobolinsky's name. Searches for him on CNN turned up zilch. Search not found. Now, we're talking about a week or two before the election. Everything not friendly to Biden was memory hold. Hunter's laptop, of course, but also the evidence that Bobolinsky produced showed that contrary to Joe Biden's direct testimony, Joe did talk to Hunter about his business. In one communication, equity stakes for the new company are spelled out. 10% is to be held by H, that's Hunter, for the big guy. That's what he called him. He also called him my chairman. In other words, Joe Biden. Which brings me back to the disturbance and the force with which I began. Why do you suppose the New York Times has decided, finally, at this late date, to acknowledge that the story the New York Post broke about Hunter's laptop was true? The Times, like the rest of the fake news establishment, like virtually all of social media, buried the story, screaming loudly that of course it wasn't true, of course it was Russian disinformation, 
mediated somehow by that consummate Putin puppet, Donald Trump. 51 so-called intelligence experts, remember, they signed an open letter denouncing the story and pronouncing anathema upon Donald Trump. Presented with evidence they were wrong, every one of that disgusting crew, John Brennan, James Clapper, and the rest of the anti-Trump deep state coven refused to apologize. Now, many people seem to think that the reason that the story of Hunter's laptop, which is just as much about Joe Biden's perfidy as it is about Hunter's perversion, has emerged now is because it can no longer do any serious damage. The election is over. Biden won. At least he was declared the winner, which is not quite the same thing although it does mean that he gets to live at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. But I wonder if there isn't something else going on. The news is full not only of stories about the New York Times fessing up, sort of, about the contents of Hunter's laptop, but also of stories about how Hunter is likely to be indicted for tax fraud. That's right. By the U.S. Attorney in Delaware. Got a grand jury going up there. I had the story in the last episode about um, Hunter Biden's, the mother of his child in Arkansas, having gone up to testify up there. Now, in one sense, that is not news. I wrote about it at the end of 2020 when Hunter announced that he had been informed that he was being investigated by the tax authorities. But in another sense, I suspect that news, like the revelation from the New York Times, that what do you know? All that stuff about Hunter's laptop was on the level, like Joe Biden's bizarre suggestion a couple of days ago, that everybody knows somebody who has taken nude pictures of somebody else and then used them to blackmail the person. All that has a different valence now that the Biden administration is seriously underwater and there are no lifelines in evidence. Remember what Alinsky said, the issue is never the issue. I suspect that Joe Biden is being prepped for ejection. Now, exactly how it will happen, I don't yet know. But he is on the threshold, or possibly has even passed the threshold, where he could appear to govern. His minders understand this. They must be the ones to replace him, otherwise they themselves risk being replaced, which would be intolerable. As I say, it's not entirely clear yet how the defenestration will take place. Obviously, Kamala will have to be dealt with first, and she will be dealt with first. Look for some ground-softening stories, such as the New York Times just served up about the laptop. But these will be targeting Kamala. And they won't be long in the coming. That's just a remarkable, remarkable article by Roger Kimball over in American Greatness called Biden's Handlers are preparing to eject him and Kamala. And I bet not one person within the sound of my voice has heard that one. How about that? That's just remarkable to me. Remarkable to me. And I just felt like, okay, well, look, i got to share this with my listeners. Because, again, I don't ever want you guys to be caught off guard if I can do something about it, you know, proactively. I mean, at, at times in our lives, we're all caught off guard. 
either in personal situations or what the government does to us, whatever. But to the extent that I'm able to say, well, you might want to, you might want to take note of this, you know. Just like when I was at uh, Jan Morgan's event in uh, Cersei a couple of weeks ago, and she said, you know, always a possibility that an EMP event might happen. That would be when a hostile power uh, blows up some kind of nuclear bomb like 30,000 feet above the country. doesn't even drop a bomb on the country. It just blows something up in the upper atmosphere, and it knocks out the electrical grid. She's like, you never know. Um, that could always happen, so um, might not be a bad idea to stock up on a bottle of water and canned goods and that sort of thing. Anyway, that was just kind of like a word to the wise from my friend Jan Morgan, who is running for the United States Senate Republican nomination against the uh, dastardly rhino John Bozeman. Um, yeah, primary for them, same time as primary for, for me, May 24th. Early voting begins May 9th. Again, so thankful for our advertisers who make it possible for us to do what we do here. I want to mention a couple of them. Justin Minton, M-I-N-T-O-N, Minton in Benton, Benton, Arkansas. Justin's a former insurance adjuster who left the insurance industry to become a private lawyer. Founded the Minton Law Firm to help injured people fight against powerful insurance companies and corporations, and he sure helped me out when I was in three automobile accidents, two in 2019 and one much more recently in December of 2021. Now, the Minton Law Firm has a great team of lawyers, including the 2016 Trial Lawyer of the Year and the 2016 Outstanding Young Lawyer of the Year. The insurance companies take Justin Minton and his team of lawyers seriously because they know they can and will take your case to trial if need be. So whether you want to go to trial or settle out of court, it's a really good idea to have a knowledgeable trial attorney on your side. Justin's team aims to bring justice to clients who have been injured and need somebody to stand up for them. No matter what the injury, Justin Minton makes sure the Minton Law Firm always works hard for you. Whether you're in a car wreck, hurt on the job, or you or a loved one is suffering from the carelessness of another, Justin Minton Law is here to help you anywhere in the state of Arkansas. Just call the Minton Law Firm, M-I-N-T-O-N, Minton and Benton, 501-943-4195, or visit justinmintonlaw.com today. All right, I would like to help you if you have migraines, neck pain, back pain, vertigo, Eczema, problems with your blood sugar. Might have the answer here. Okay, look in the mirror. Does one eye look bigger than the other? Are your eyes off balance? Are your shoulders off balance? Look at a picture of yourself. Do you lean to the left or the right instead of sitting up or standing up straight? If the answer to any of these questions is yes, you probably need to get your atlas adjusted. Now, let me tell you how that works. Your skull weighs anywhere from 8 to 15 pounds. It rests on the top bone of your spinal column, the atlas, the C1, which only weighs 2 ounces. So it's really easy for your atlas to get out of alignment. If it does, your whole spinal column can get kinked up like a chain, restricting your central nervous system's abilities to send impulses to the rest of your body the way God designed it to work. Now, it can affect your circulatory system your respiratory system, your reproductive system, and yes, even your digestive system. And yes, it could cause migraines, neck pain, back pain, vertigo, 
eczema, problems with your blood sugar even. Do yourself a favor. If you're in central Arkansas, call my friends at the Arkansas Cervical Center, 501-279-2009 for a free consultation to see if you need to get your atlas adjusted. If you're outside central Arkansas, just go to the website, turnmypoweron.com, click on the link that says find a doctor near you, and I certainly hope that you can find a doctor near you to help you. Now, we're talking about Biden, right? Talking about Biden's corruption. And some folks are like, well, you know, I get that he's got the dementia and everything. Um, he used to not be like this. Um, U.S. Rhino Senator Lindsey Graham said he's uh, the nicest guy I've met in politics. Uh, if you don't like Joe Biden, you might want to do a little bit of self-inspection. There's something wrong with you, according to Lindsey Graham, if you don't like Joe Biden. All right? So let's check that out. I got video of Joe Biden from almost 50 years ago. Okay? Shortly after he got elected in 1972 to the United States Senate for the first time, at a very young age. And so this fellow, this is about two minutes long, this fellow is asking him questions. If you haven't heard this before, I think you're going to go, oh my goodness, really, all that way back? Here it goes. Senator Biden, it's nice to have you here as the youngest member of the Senate. The one, therefore, who may expect the longest career there. I wonder if you'd say to us, since it's clear that you're not corrupt and you got elected, why should people think that the system produces corrupt results when there you are? Well, I'm not sure you should assume I'm not corrupt, but I thank you for that, though. The system does produce corruption, and I think implicit in the system is corruption, when in fact, whether or not you can run for public office, and it costs a great deal of money to run for the United States Senate, even for a small state like Delaware, uh, you have to go to those people who have money, and they always want something. Well, I wonder whether you would feel that there's some virtue in forcing candidates to go out and try to raise money. I've heard people, probably people who didn't run for office, say that it's uplifting to go out and try to get money. Do you think that there's something unuplifting about putting a limit to how much you can ask one man to give you? I think it's the most degrading experience in the world to have to go out and ask for money because you know that unless you accidentally agree with the position taken by the person or group that has the money, that you run the risk of deciding whether or not you're going to prostitute yourself to give the answer you know they want to hear in order to get funded to run for that office. In fact, you know that the only way you can raise any money to get to run for public office is to go to vested interest groups. Then, in fact, you're put in the position that you have to begin to wonder whether or not you prostitute the ideas that you have about government in order to get the money to begin to run. Of course, you've had recent experience with this, having been elected in 1972. That's correct. And I believe you just said that your campaign cost some $300,000. All right, saying you raised that money by public contributions, did you? Now, remember, if his campaign for U.S. Senate 50 years ago called cost $276,000 with inflation. With everything's changed since then, maybe add a couple of zeros on at the end. 
Anyway, here's more. No. That's correct. And you raised that money in a race against an incumbent, did you not? That's correct. Yes. And, Senator, I'm sure that, that you would agree that, that your service in the Senate up to this point has, has not reflected any particular concern for the larger contributors. Well, the fortunate thing is I didn't have many larger contributors, and the only reason... See, I went to the big guys for the money. I was ready to prostitute myself and the man oh! which I talk about. Oh! I went to the big guys for the money. I was ready to prostitute myself. Well, eventually he uh, got the opportunity, didn't he? Eventually he got the opportunity. He took full advantage of it. Full advantage of it. Look, you know, I'm running for governor and... um, it takes money to do that, and I kind of doubt we're ever going to catch up Sarah Huckabee Sanders. She's got about $13 million. Um, But I don't have a problem telling people, if you want to contribute to what we're trying to do, go to electdocwashburn.com. We don't have any uh, corporate interests. Uh, Walmart and Chamber of Commerce, big companies in Arkansas are not beating my door down. Now, I'll say this. If the Lord should bless us that I win the nomination, I expect to hear from them. But I'm not going to play it like Asa Hutchinson, the current governor, did. My model is more a guy like Ron DeSantis, governor of Florida, who the other day told Disney to take a long walk off a short pier because they were against the anti-grooming bill. No talk about sex and gender for kids pre-K through third grade. Um, And he told them where to get off. A major employer in the state of Florida, by the way. So I'll do the same thing. I'll do the same thing. You know, I, I don't care what the major corporations in the state say about moral issues. Now, I want to make it as the the, uh, the climate in Arkansas as business-friendly as possible so corporations can thrive and make a lot of money and employ a lot of people. But they need to keep their nose out of uh, jamming their liberal ideology down the throats of Arkansas voters. I'm not going to put up with that. Not going to put up with that. But, yeah, I don't mind telling people that we really appreciate financial donations. No PACs are supporting me. So the limit on what a person, an individual, can give for the primary is $2,900. That's all you can give. The limit for what a person can give to a candidate in the general election for governor is $2,900. That's all you can give. No PACs have come to uh, say, hey, we're going to do this, that, or the other thing. That's fine. And we have had contributions anywhere from $5 to $2,900. A lot more of the small donations, $10, $25, $50, something like that, just a handful of the $2,900, but that's fine. That's fine. You know, I mean... When I see that somebody has donated $5 to us, 
I'm always thinking that's probably somebody on a paycheck-to-paycheck basis, maybe on a fixed income, and that $5 meant a lot to that person. And it means a lot to me. It means an awful lot to me. And I, I truly, deeply appreciate all of the donations that we get at electdocwashburn.com. You can donate online there. Now, going back to Biden. Going back to Biden. Did you hear him reading the newspaper the other day? Check it out. We blame Biden for rising gas prices. And it goes on to explain why gas prices are so high. Washington Post, op-ed by, uh, by um, Dana Milbank. Opinion, Biden, he, the Republicans plea to ban Russian oil. They pounced. And it goes on to talk about why it's con- Don't let anybody tell you anything you did supporting the idea that we block Russian oil coming into the country, which is, go- and I said at the time, prices are going to go up for gasoline. It wasn't anything we did. And by the way, you're in a situation right now where if you take a look, the idea, can we uh, wait, uh, wait, wait, more wait, oil? wait, 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 what did he say? It wasn't anything we. No, no, back it up. The idea that we block Russian oil coming into the country, which is going And I said at the time, prices are going to go up for gasoline. It wasn't anything we did. And by- he just said. We cut off Russian oil, and I warned everybody prices were going up, but it wasn't anything we did. What a knucklehead. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? What a knucklehead. Unbelievable. He's always been corrupt. I just proved that to you from video from almost uh, 50 years ago. I hit it, Brian. We interrupt this program to bring you a special report. It's the Doc Washburn Show Tweet of the Day. Brought to you by Red River Your Way, the big old car dealership in the middle of the United States that believes in freedom, including your freedom to buy the car, truck, van, or SUV of your choice the way you want to at RedRiverYourWay.com and have it delivered to your front door anywhere in the continental United States. Tweet of the day from a guy who called himself Mr. Potato Head. He's got a picture of Leslie Stahl, picture of the 60 Minutes logo. In front of Leslie, it says, I lie a lot. And here's what the tweet says, as if Leslie Stahl is saying it. I lied to you about Hunter's laptop. I lied to you about the outcome of the 2020 presidential election. I lied to you for months about the COVID-19 pandemic, and then lied to you about the untested vaccines. Now, if you tune in on Sunday night, I'll lie us into a nuclear war with Russia. Thank you, RedRiverYourWay.com, for sponsoring today's tweet of the day. Appreciate that. Appreciate that. By the way, the Globalist International Energy Agency is calling for energy lockdowns as the price of gas and oil skyrocket. Uh, they want uh, governments to ban the use of cars on Sundays to you know, achieve their climate goals. Yeah. I, uh, I don't think so. 
Ain't nobody got time for that. Uh, U.S. Representative Thomas Massey out of Kentucky has a screenshot from the Russian sanctions bill, pages 19, 20, and 21. Says these three pages give the president broad authority to sanction virtually anyone anywhere in the world, whether they're connected to Russia or not. Interventionists at the State Department are doing the happy dance right now. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Oh, by the way, New Hampshire House passes bill allowing pharmacists to dispense ivermectin without a prescription. If you like me, Governor, I'll do. I'll, I'll sign that bill into law in Arkansas. No, 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 no. You don't understand. The most populous state in the in the country of India, Uttar Pradesh. India is divided up in thirty six states, just like we're divided up in fifty states. Over a year ago, they started handing out ivermectin like candy in the state of Uttar Pradesh. Has two hundred fifty billion people in that state, and the the, the Rona went away. The China virus, the, the Wu flu, went away. It works. So why is UAMS lying to everybody here in Arkansas and saying, that's horse pace. Y'all don't take no horse pace. People call 911, poison control center, OD on horse pace. As if there's no human pill form, as if the people who developed it didn't get a Nobel Prize for humans taking ivermectin seven years ago, how wonderful it is. Um, Biden's Biden's corruption. I'll give you one more thing. I don't know if you all remember this from uh, right before the 2020 election. Tony Bobulinski, former Biden business partner, Hunter Biden business partner, on with Tucker Carlson on Fox on Joe Biden's contention that he never discussed business with Hunter. Here you go. Okay, wait. Oh, I got to turn it back up. I'm sorry. Here you go. And this is a company with direct connections to the communist government of China. So the former vice president has said he had no knowledge whatsoever of his son's business dealings and was not involved in them at all. But this sounds like direct involvement in them. Yeah, that's a blatant lie. When he states that, that is a blatant lie. Obviously, the world's aware that I attended the uh, debate last Thursday. And uh, in that debate, he made a specific statement around questions around this from the president. And uh, I'll be honest with you, I uh, almost stood up and screamed liar and walked out because I was shocked um, that after four days or five days that they prepped for this, that the Biden family is taking that position to the world. Um, and once again, I'm irrelevant in this discussion. I just was brought in to run this company and have uh, been exposed to all of this fact. And I believe the American people should see this fact. I would have much preferred the Biden family go on record and define these facts for the American people and the globe versus me sitting here uh, having a discussion with you on it. So Joe Biden has not denied meeting with you in Los Angeles, correct? Correct. Tell us about the conversation that you had with him. Um, 
so I initially was sitting, uh, because I got there a little earlier, was sitting with Jim Biden and Hunter Biden. And um, Joe came through the lobby with his security. And Hunter um, basically said, hey, give me a second. I'll go over and give me 10 minutes to brief my dad uh, and read him in on things. And so then Hunter and his father and security came through the bar. And uh, obviously I stood up out of respect to shake his hand. And uh, Hunter introduced me as uh, this is Tony, Dad, uh, the individual I told you about that's helping us with the business that we're working on and the Chinese. So it was clear to you that Joe Biden's son had told him about this business. Crystal clear. Crystal clear. I hope you're not shocked to find out Joe Biden is a liar. It's just... uh... It's one of those things. One of those things. All right, that having been said, you've been listening to episode 112 of the all-new Doc Washburn Show. The views and opinions expressed on the Doc Washburn Show do not necessarily reflect those of our advertisers, but they love us and we love them. Today's program has been produced by Tim Terrible, directed by Mick Messy. This has been a terribly messy production. Portions of today's show will be taken overseas and dropped. If you like a transcript of today's episode of the all-new Doc Washburn Show, simply peel the roof off a Rolls-Royce panel truck and send it to Mansour's Computer Solutions, 7th floor of the ephemeral B. Smoot Building, Whitehall, Arkansas, in care of Sheriff Mansour Sempier X. Well, that's the way it is. Sunday, March 20th, 2022.